0: This is Glass City Humanist, a show about humanism, humanist values, by a humanist. Here is your host, Douglas Berger. Religious
1: conservatives are performing school
0: assemblies and
1: funneling kids to church, all at taxpayer expense. And earlier this month, the Scholey Board voted to ban weapons at meetings. I
0: explain why. Glass City Humanist is an outreach project of the Secular Humanists of Western Lake Erie, building community through compassion and reason for a better tomorrow.
1: For those of us who attended school during our younger years, remember the best part of any school day was either there's going to be a film during class or and i'm dating myself a film strip during class or they would roll in the tv for a videotape or or whatever i know they probably do streaming now but that was you know they'd roll in the the audiovisual cart with the tv and you're like yes we're not going to have to study the second greatest thing about school sometimes was the school assembly that's when they would have all the kids come into the, uh, either the auditorium or the cafetorium or the gym, and they would sit and listen to a speaker or maybe see a presentation. I know some comedy shows have parried the school assembly, like they'd have like some kind of singing people making crude comments or something like that. But, you know, a lot of these school assemblies are, it's what, how you can do presentations about certain things like, uh, uh, character building or don't bully kids or, you know, just say no to drugs. That's, that was a big one back, back in my day too. Anyway, so you have these school assemblies and it's, it's kind of big business. Uh, these, uh, groups and people, for the most part, they charge money to come in and speak to a school. Um, and so it comes out of the school budget; it's taxpayer money. Well, the religious conservatives in this country have latched onto this as a revenue stream, I guess, and it's also they can use it to indoctrinate children and and try to get them to come to church. And so you might be saying, Doug, how how does that happen? Well, there's a a, a this is how they do it, is they get around the church and state separation is they offer a school assembly on a should be a non-controversial issue, let's say character building. And they come to the school or or somebody tells the school about it and the school inquires and they said, you know, we can bring this certain speaker to your school. Um, it's going to cost a certain amount of money, but You know, maybe somebody donates money to have it done or whatever. It's going to cost money. We'll come in, we'll give you a presentation. The school is like, great, because then we don't have to do something on our own. So the speaker comes in, they're a motivational speaker, they give a great program, get the kids all jazzed up about whatever topic it is, whether it's anti-bullying or character building or whatever, and then the speaker says... Hey, by the way, if you'd like more of this great assembly experience, why don't you come to uh, St. Mark's Lutheran Church tonight at 7 p.m.? Or come back to the gym uh, tonight after school at 7 p.m. for more of this, for a concert or another extension of the assembly. And so that's how they get around, because this, this outside extension to this school assembly is a religious service. It's a, uh, They give testimony, they invite kids to a church, uh, they talk about God and Jesus, and because it's outside the school time, it's perfectly legal. It's un- I think it's unethical, because a lot of times these school assemblies during the day these supposed secular school assemblies during the day are mandatory. And so you have these impressionable kids and they get, they get motivated by this speaker and the speaker says, come on, you, you want to keep feeling this? Come on tonight. And they come out tonight and they're vulnerable and they get exposed to religious teachings or testimonies or prayer or, or whatever. And so uh, that's how this that's how that system works and and so you have to be very careful what what motivational speaker you deal with or what company because a lot of these are company not companies but um not for profit. They're not pro- non-profit companies that have a, a network of speakers. Um, we had something that happened like that, uh, just a couple, uh, last week, a week or two ago up in Bedford, Michigan, which is a suburb of Toledo. And they had this, um, group come in and it was called carry the cure. And it bills itself as a nonprofit organization that utilizes clinical tools, cultural traditions, and faith-based methods to offer communities comprehensive suicide and abuse prevention and healthy lifestyle skills. Um, the problem is that Carry the Cure leans more on the faith-based methods rather than uh, clinical tools. They don't use any science. They don't offer any science. Uh, anything like that. But, but they do use a Native American motif. The, the person that, um, uh, does the speaking part is, uh, Native Alaskan. And that's where this group, Carry the Cure, got started. And so they, they disguise their, their attempt at religious indoctrination in, in something that definitely is not controversial. And that's suicide prevention and abuse prevention. You know, there's nobody would be (laughs) opposed to having a presentation about that. And so they had this in Bedford uh, a week or two ago and they required students to attend. They had two, two assemblies uh, on one day at at like 12 o'clock and the other day at 145. And then that night on the, on the second day, They were going to have a program, an extension of this assembly at 7 o'clock at night, and that was sponsored by a local church, but they were going to have it at the school, which again (laughs) is perfectly legal for a religious group to rent out a schoolroom after school and invite you know, what What I have a problem with and what a lot of people have a problem with is the fact that the, these speakers are coming into the school and we're paying taxpayer money to pay them to give these presentations and invite our kids to church. You know, and that's just unethical. It's, you know, it's legal, but it's unethical <laughs> because they should be upfront about it. That this is good. You know, we're a religious group and we're doing this. To prevent whatever it is, suicide, do suicide prevention, you know, just make it, make it more, make it more transparent and also don't require students to attend or at least send a note home before the event to notify parents so the parents can opt out like beforehand without, without, you know, I I think it shouldn't be an opt out. It should be an opt in. That a note should go home and then say, you know, if you want your kid to attend, sign here. So at least then the parents know what's going on. Cause, you know, you see in the news all these uh, right wingers and, and religious conservatives going nuts over their children being indoctrinated in socialism. But it seems to be okay to indoctrinate them in Christianity, which is the real thing that's happening when these groups come in and the fact that they're spending taxpayer dollars to pay for these people. Uh, We have a group here in Ohio uh, called Stand for Truth Ministries who do the same exact thing. In fact, they have three separate companies, and they make no bones about what they're attempting. Uh, They have relevant speakers. That's the the secular, quote-unquote, secular part. Of the school assemblies, then they have Stand for Truth Ministries, which does the um, outside of school hour um, indoctrination part, and then the third part they have is they're the ones that uh, in, um, develop the life the LifeWise Academies, and I talked in a previous episode about these these um, people going in. It's a rel- uh, release time. Uh, religious education. This is, uh, Bible, Bible study that kids go to off campus during the school day. And so this, this company, uh, that has the the Stanford Truth Ministries is a, um, nonprofit in Ohio and they have relevant speakers, the ministry, and then they have the, uh, release time education. Now, just so we're clear here, um, this uh, Stand for Truth ministry is run by a uh, jo- um, gentleman named Joel Penton. And in his bio, he says that he uh, was on the Ohio State University football team in the early aughts, uh, was on the team when they won the national championship in 2003, and in which he was, and he won the Danny Warfold trophy for humanitarianism, which is true. Uh, but he didn't start for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He, he, he was, a uh, um, in, on the bench most of the time, which I'm not taking anything away from him, but he started this Stanford Truth ministry to be a motivational speaker for kids. And the Stanford Truth, uh, um, Ministries also had another company called, uh, Student Impact, which also was the same thing. And, and because they are a nonprofit, uh, commercial operation, they had to file what's called a 990 tax return. And I looked at it for, uh, 2019. And Joel Penton was the only one that was listed as receiving any funds, any revenue for this company and for 19, for 2019 he got uh over $300,000 close to $350,000 in speaking fees in in 2019 that's taxpayer money <laughs> and that's going into his ministry so schools are paying these speakers large sums of money uh, total, you know, I don't know how many speaking engagements he actually did in 2019, but I'm sure he's making probably several, several hundred dollars, several thousand dollars at least per speaking, you know, for each speaking event. But in 2019, he made almost $350,000 just from speaking fees. And and again, that's taxpayer money that's going because that money is going to the ministry. It was reported on their um, 990, so that's supporting a, a religious education, a religious indoctrination of children. So, so yeah, Joel Penton he he runs that. He's, a, you know, he's a decent guy. I haven't heard any th- bad things about him. He's not in the news negative for any negative things. And what he's doing is a good thing. You know, uh, I think on the website uh, one of his topics was making good choices. You know, I, I don't have a problem with that. Yes, we should try to help kids make good choices. But again, it's the after-school stuff that I have a problem with. And that is, they are using the school day being paid for a mandatory school assembly to invite kids to a church service. And I think that parents and people who are concerned about that, about how unethical that process is, uh, either need to demand more transparency in, in school assembly programming, or they need to stop using... Obvious religious faith based groups to do these assemblies because none of this stuff, suicide prevention, abuse prevention, making good choices, character building. None of those topics are exclusive to religion. You can find secular non religious groups to pr- put on those school assemblies. I know they're out there and they can, and that can be done. And we need to start doing that. Because look how that led right to the release time education. And, and like I said, on their website, uh, on Stanford Truth Ministries, they make it clear that that is their goal is to, to butter them up during the quote, secular unquote school assembly, invite them to the church service at night, and then get them with the release time religious education, which is strictly Christianity. And so that is just, we just need more transparency and stop spending taxpayer money to support religious groups.
0: Do you like what you hear? Would you like to support the show so we can make it better? You can write a review for podcast apps that allow reviews. You can share our website, GlassCityHumanist.show with your friends, and you can donate to the show using the donate link on the website. Any support is appreciated.
1: This month of uh, September is the end of our fiscal year here at the Secular Humanists of Western Lake Erie, and we get started with... uh, Some initial planning. Uh, we have our board elections coming up in October. So if you're a member and you're interested in being on the board, uh, you know, send us a note. Let us know on the website. There's an interest form that's available. Just, uh, let, let me know or, or what have you. Anyway. So, you know, we're a democratically run group and we have a board of directors. And so we, the board of directors, and I'm on it, I'm the president, obviously. Uh, we do the, uh, day-to-day operations of the group and, and one of the important functions of a board of directors is to set, uh, policies and how we're going to conduct business, how we're going to have our meetings, um, you know, what we're going to spend money on. And we do that on behalf of the membership because you know trying to get everybody in the same room to decide how to spend money or how to program the group would be a, would be tedious and so that's how a democratic group works is is you elect other members to act on your behalf uh one of the things uh, you know we're in in a city um we're based in Toledo Ohio and like many cities, uh, Toledo size and larger, they're having problems with gun violence. Um, and it's not just, and it's not just random shootings. It's not like active shooters. You know, we've, there's been a lot of those, but, but the everyday gun violence is not active shooter, lone wolf, random shootings. A lot of these, a lot of these, uh, Shootings that are going on in the different cities are either gang-related, uh, drug-related, or domestic violence. Uh, we've had uh, several where families were getting together and an argument breaks out and, and Uncle Ernie breaks out his gun and shoots people because he's pissed off. You know, and, and a majority, a majority early in the year, a majority of the homicides due to gun violence was domestic. It was, you know, boyfriends or husbands killing their wives or, or for the most part, that's what it was. Okay. And so one of the things that's been going on is that religious cons- conservatives and religious conservatives in, in political power have have a gun fetish they they start believing those old movies where the gunfighter is walking down the street packing heat and he takes out the bad guy but that that's a common myth that there's a a a good guy with a gun taking out a bad guy that wants to do harm um You know, it's, it's about power people, you know, men in particular think that they're more manly if they're carrying a gun. That's why, you know, you have the problem where you see people, you know, with AR-15s walking into a grocery store, you know, when, when the the gun violence uh, comes up because they think they're, that they're being macho, you know, that's the thing. It's about being macho and a power trip has nothing to do with protecting the community. Because a lot of these guys, it's easy to get these guns. You know, you just fill out a form. And unless you're a convicted felon, you're practically going, they're practically going to give it to you. You know, they've reduced the amount of time you have to wait. You don't have to have any training. You know, and so the worst kind of person with a gun is somebody that doesn't have any training. You know. It, look at what happens with the law enforcement and and some of the bad outcomes from law enforcement being trigger happy in in some of these situations where unarmed people are being uh shot many many times and being killed for traffic stops or or carrying uh, uh loose cigarettes or or you know walking home from the store and these and a lot of these cases these are Law enforcement officers who are supposedly trained on how to use their weapons. Now imagine Joe Schmo down the street. You know, he, he saves up his money and buys an AR-15 and he thinks he's, you know, cock of the walk. Those are the people that we, sh- that I'm afraid of. I'm not afraid, afraid of, of a hunter who goes and hunts deer or, uh, every year or, uh, a sworn police officer. Well, I'm kind of nervous with a sworn police officer because you never know. But the people that really, that really bother me are, are, you know, uh, Chad and Jack, uh, Schno, uh, you know, Schmo down the street who, who got a new gun and think it's a toy. So, you know, a lot of pe- a lot of members in the group, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, the gun violence and what to do, and and we're concerned that there's been a lot of talk and not a lot of action. You know, we know what will solve a lot of these gun these this gun violence, and that's banning guns completely. You know, barring that, you know, severely regulating ammunition. You know, unless, unless you are hunting for food. You do not need an AR-15 at your house. I'm sorry, you do not. And even hunting for food, you really don't need an AR-15. You're not going to go deer hunting with a machine gun or a semi-automatic gun, rifle. You know, that's just ridiculous. And so one of the things, you know, we were trying to think of what, what we wanted to do. And one of the suggestions was that we would ban guns at our meetings. Or weapons. We would ban weapons at our meetings and events that we host. Whether or not the venue that we hold these events and meetings at allows guns or not. And that's what we decided to do. The, the board uh, on, the, on the 20th voted to institute a weapons ban for our meetings and events. Uh, the resolution reads in part We wish to provide a safe space where, for a short time, people don't have to worry about being shot or killed by a deadly weapon. Even if the venue where we hold our meetings and events allows weapons, Sholi will enforce a ban on weapons. We will also try not to use any venue for meetings or events that we know allow weapons. People who believe their right to carry a gun outweighs the safety of our community are not welcome at our meeting, meetings or events. And the weapons ban fits in with our humanist values. The ban aligns with our values of peace and social justice, empathy, and service and participation. You know, Like I said, we've been concerned for some time about the inaction of the Ohio legislature to address gun violence, and how some political leaders wild west ideas of the rugged individuals strutting down the street packing heat. It's outdated, and the inaction is terrible on a daily basis for many families in our community. And we felt we needed to do something, and the ban is what we decided. And yes, we know that will not solve the gun violence in the city of Toledo. We know that. But we want to be a beacon in the sea of violence and we just want people to show that every group we we want every group to do this we want every nonprofit group uh club uh social group to do this they to make a, a concerted effort to ban guns at their meetings and events uh, our press release that we put out for this also says that sholey supports evidence-based actions and policies that will address the tragic cost of unchecked gun violence And many of us do not feel that more sports for kids will address it. We also don't feel that thoughts and prayers and more churches will address it. There has to be evidence-based actions and policies to address it. The ban takes effect immediately, and the only exceptions will be made for sworn law enforcement officers conducting official business. So I am very happy that we did this, and I know we're going to get some pushback. In fact, I, I heard from uh, s- somebody in the AHA who was concerned that now we're going to make our group a target for some nut job that wants to hurt atheists and agnostics and humanists. And, and I told them, frankly, that we've been a target. We've always been a target for, for, for people that are looking to hurt us. And, um, you know, we're out in public all the time. Uh, we had a booth at the Toledo pride festival uh, a couple few weeks back. And to be honest, it was open and in the public. And with so many of these active shooter things that have happened over the last few years, I, I get nervous being out in public, just not even as a humanist, or having a, a, a booth, but just being out there in public in large crowds. And so we were setting up this booth and I was checking out routes that I could take if I started hearing shooting. Or if somebody said there was a shooter. You know, there's a target, a pride festival. You know, they even had uh there's been at least one or two uh LGBT events that have been hit. Uh, there was a, that bar, the Pulse Nightclub in Florida that had a mass shooting. Now that was LGBT. You know, so here I am, a humanist, at LGBT. It was like target on target on target. You know, it, but what are you going to do? You can't not live your life. You know, there's just, I, I get nervous being in large crowds. And that's not going to go away because these yahoos that don't understand that not everybody should have a gun. Not everybody needs a gun. And we need to have better policies and better ways of dealing with gun violence than just shrugging our shoulders and saying, what are you going to do? So that is my call to action to humanists and other organizations Take an active stand and ban guns at your at your meetings and and events. You know, make a concerted effort to do it. Put out a press release, put it on your website. and show people that you're just not going to put up with it anymore, and that something needs to be done.
0: Thank you for listening. For more information about the topics in this episode, please visit the episode page at glasscityhumanist.show. Glass City Humanist is an outreach of the secular humanists of Western Lake Erie. Sholee can be reached at humanistswle.org. Glass City Humanist is hosted, written, and produced by Douglas Berger, and he's solely responsible for the content. Our theme music is Glass City Jam, composed using the Amplify Studio. See you next time.